Welcome to the Humans and Earth podcast. We bring you inspiration and practical resources for healing our planet and ourselves. It is time for soulful contributions that regenerate life on Earth. I'm Helen Claire Harmon, a thought leader and teacher who believes we're ready to renew Earth and heal ourselves in the process. Welcome to today's episode. Welcome to the Humans and Earth podcast. I am really happy today to be talking with Faye Johnstone. Faye combines 20 years of Reiki practice with herbal and shamanic training to connect us with the subtle whispers of nature for personal transformation. Following a beautiful awakening to the spirit of plants while running a flower farm in Nova Scotia, Faye was inspired to write her first book, Plants That Speak, Souls That Sing, Transform Your Life with the Spirit of Plants. She now offers training on Reiki, plant spirit connection, and shamanism online and from her home in Scotland. Faye is also the founder of Plant Spirit Reiki, a therapy which connects Reiki healing to the power of plants, as detailed in her second book, Plant Spirit Reiki. It is Faye's mission to help people find their unique way to connect with the natural world and come into alignment with their true nature. Welcome, Faye. I think I'd like to begin by reading a passage from your beautiful book, Plants That Speak, Souls That Sing, which I've really been enjoying. And then I will welcome you to tell us all about your work. So here is a passage to give our readers a sense of uh, where Faye takes us in this book. For five years, my partner and I danced nature's song in flowers and herbs, braving the bugs and the long freezing winters. It was here immersed in the beauty of flowers and plants of all shapes and sizes that an awareness of something so much larger than me was rekindled. An awakening to nature consciousness, to the plant spirits, to the elements, a deep remembering had begun. Spending so much time outside connected to the earth, working with plants in tune with the seasons, spending more time with plants than people, in fact, I suppose a conscious relationship with plants was inevitable. It crept up on me like some friendships do and opened my heart in a gentle but insistent way. An irreversible process, really, the start of a journey and a real gift. It was an experience that took me far beyond all the herbal medicine books, gardening magazines, and plant guides that I had consumed for years. An experience that took me wonderfully out of my head and into my heart. I would best describe it as a deep unfolding of wisdom, a wide opening that recreated a long forgotten bond of conspiracy and companionship. And then, Faye continues on the next page. I'm just going to read a, a small bit more. The plants had unlocked something inside of me, a part of me that had become buried and constrained by a sense of obligation and duty. Somehow, through my connections with the plants, they had reached in and found the real me. It was as if they could see my truth, even though I hadn't a clue about it. I changed, I mellowed, I laughed more and wasn't so angry. I was held by these green beings, all of me, and it was okay. So thank you, Faye, for this beautiful book. I 
haven't finished it yet, but I've been enjoying it. And I thought that maybe a wonderful place to begin our conversation would be for you to tell us more beyond what I just read about how your life has changed or how you have changed in the years when you have been really deeply connecting with plants. Oh, well, thank you so much. It's my pleasure to be here. And actually, I was really enjoying you reading that passage because it's still, you know, I wrote that book from my heart um, and and it still really touches me. Like I can really feel that and feel that connection that I have with the natural world and, you know, that we all have. So it's interesting, isn't it? How has life changed? And you think, you know, wasn't it always like this? And just hearing those words of, yeah, I became a happier person and I was less angry and things like that. And I was like, oh yeah. But I think the biggest thing for me is that I feel, um, I feel a sense of support and connection that I, that I, you know, I must've been lacking before. I, I was, you know, going through life, perhaps a little wobbly, not very grounded and rooted in the sense of who I am and that kind of sense of belonging. So I found my, I found my sense of belonging in through, through this connection with nature and very also, also really, and I know in Plants That Speak, Souls That Sing, I talk about it too. It's this sense of rootedness and flowing with, when you kind of, when you kind of move in tune with nature, when you lean into nature and are inspired by that kind of energy of the time of year that you're in, you know, it's, it's this, it's that realization that we're in a cycle we don't always have to be at the top of our game. We don't always have to be coming up with new ideas and full of, full of beans and full of energy and vibrancy, you know, because an apple tree is not in blossom all the time. It doesn't have apples that's not yielding all of the time. You know, so, so my connection with nature has, it's kind of, it's kind of like, I mean, I feel it now. I'm just talking about, it. I feel like, oh, it's kind of taken that pressure off that I really felt as maybe a sensitive, you know, easily influenced person moving through life, a young person. Uh, it's just taken that pressure off. It's, and I still, you know, fall into that trap, don't get me wrong. But just leaning into nature, listening and watching and observing and, and feeling, oh, what's, what's nature doing right now? Oh, nature's letting go or nature's in hibernation mode. And that just, it gives me that permission button, like, oh, it's okay. You can rest. You can, you know, you don't have to be. It's, it's really the idea of not having to be on the whole time, actually. And that's made a really big difference to me. It's this, that, that kind of pressure, that stress and that busyness that, I, I think I've just taken it upon myself. I got swept up with the way I thought that one needed to be going through life. And yeah, so that sense of pressure and also the pace of things. Um, so certainly when I moved to the countryside and we were running the flower farm, which I, you know, I'm very sad to say we don't run the flower farm anymore, but um, I still, you know, I tend a beautiful garden now instead in Scotland. So I still have my allies, but it's that sense of 
um, yeah, taking one's foot off the accelerator and slowing down to the pace of a more natural pace of the environment that's around you. Yeah, I'm much more, I'm much more relaxed, I think, than uh, I certainly used to be. And I think that goes, you know, it's kind of obvious, isn't it? That somebody perhaps who's working in the city with a big commute and a high pressure job is going to have a different pace than someone who's maybe more rurally located, connected to the land, working with plants and so on. But you know, it's that stuff that those really obvious differences, which actually have made a huge difference for me and, and my life and made me happier, healthier, more grounded. And that deep sense of connection with the natural world, it gives, it gives me that sense of, you know, wow, I'm part of this natural web. I'm part of this, you know, what I feel is a sacred web. Uh, so I'm not in this alone and it really and it gives you so at the same time it's comforting but then I also feel it gives you a sense of or gives me a sense of responsibility too and it makes me question you know so how do I want to be as a good a good neighbor to to my trees to my plants as well as my human neighbors you know so so it's has awakened all sorts of connections for me and you know new perspectives and ways of thinking and moving through the world which affect my choices the path for me has stripped away a lot and brought me um, much more peace and calm but also it you know you go down a rabbit hole with um another way of thinking um a larger way of thinking a more collaborative way of moving through life it's not just about me and what I thought success meant, it's, you know, so much more. And so when I even say that and step into that space, I feel my heart opening. And I, you know, so for me, the, the big step really of realizing all this connection was, and I think you said it in that quote that you read, was really that, that moving of rather than the headspace, which drives everything and all the decisions, moving into the heart space, which feels its way and therefore may go, may go a little slower, may stop and pause, may change tack and may shed tears, you know, and express things. So that's been, that's a very long answer to your question. <laughs> no, it's very helpful. And I'm curious while you're speaking about what you tell people who are very intrigued by what you've experienced, the transition from a very conventional job and commute and defining success by sort of normal worldly professional standards and all of that. What do you tell people who are intrigued by that, but are just terrified to explore something that is slower paced or more grounded or more nature connected, more connected to the self. My sense is a lot of people feel that draw, that temptation, that pull, and it, then it seems to them like an impossible path, an impractical path, a disastrous path, a risky path. My background is in history and I I have a sense that globally we're trying to work this out as human beings right now, this question of life pace and priorities. So I think it's a question for a lot of people. And it's also a question for people who feel absolutely content in the work they're doing. They may not be feeling pulled to leave a career path, but they still are nervous about moving into this more 
earth-centered, grounded zone. So now that you're on the other side of a transition that has worked very well for you, what do you tell people who look with interest but step back <laughs> with concern? I think that's a very interesting question. So I view it more as an invitation, and I don't feel that we, it means we have to, um, I think some things, sometimes people are a bit frightened that it means, you know, you have to give up your technology, you have to give up your, you know, these modern comforts that you have and run to the hills and start living um, off grid, uh, you know, and digging, you know, digging a well for your own water type of existence, which which, you know, is wonderful and brilliant, but many people who are living the, the Western dream in, a, in an urban, beautiful career would be like horrified at that. And so for me, it's more of an invitation to just examine parts of our lives that can, it's like, where can you, my, my experience of nature is invite it into your heart and all it needs is that little invitation and it will do its own growing, kind of like sowing a seed. So I think a very easy way for many people to start is through food, is through that, you know, especially if you are doing well for yourself and you, you, you're, you're, you know, working a good career, you can afford to get yourself lovely organic local food. You can, you can go to farmers markets where you can support local producers. You can educate yourself on what does, you know, what does our agro, agro industry, how does that affect the environment? You can, my way of connecting was to study herbal medicine, forage, forage, and I ended up, you know, running a flower and herb farm. That was my way, and then that shifted again. But we all find our own unique way that nature flows through us. You know, some people are clinical herbalists, some people make flower essences, some people are inspired by song and poetry and writing from connecting with nature flower arranging you know or simply you know my favorite thing really is just taking a walk in nature finding a tree inviting the outside world inside but i think really for many people who feel that worry or that fear or and just want to reject it because there's just no way that that could fit into their urban lifestyle right now it's you know start with food what's happened is we kind of need to rewild ourselves a little bit so so, so obviously starting to um you know run naked through the woods is is that's rewilding in the extreme so maybe start with rewild your food everything we buy these days is packaged it's in a box it's vacuum packed and this is what's actually happened to our connection with nature it's just something we look at through a window some people you know from this air-conditioned office they might kind of lean out and be like well i can't see any type of nature at all outside my window you know i'm really fortunate i've made choices in my life which have meant that i'm now you know i'm now one of those people who has a meltdown every day because my internet connection doesn't work very well because i because i've chosen to live very you know in a more rural situation so the so so it's really about trying to incorporate it or opening and being willing to incorporate it into your lifestyle. And, and that's why I talk about bringing the outside in. We can all have an inspirational picture. 
on, our, on the wall of our office or um, on, on our, the screen of our phone or the, the screensaver on the laptop. Just these tiny nods to nature. I think many people will agree that they find themselves relaxing when they manage to get that vacation break with their family by the seaside or out on the lake or you know maybe a weekend hiking if they're fortunate to do these things and it's just really a nod to those and thinking okay well how could I bring an element of that onto my desk to, to connect with me as my point of focus every day so weaving it in inviting it in in a way that isn't scary, like it doesn't have to be, it doesn't have to be the extreme. Just find, you know, find a cafe next to you that that sources some fair trade coffee, some organically grown produce, something that actually is local and seasonal and will connect you with the seasons and cycles. And actually, I love um in the UK and actually also in the States too, you have these amazing, you know, we have amazing seasonal festivals. You know, we have our lovely, our, our you know, our holidays We and we celebrate beautiful things in the summer with produce. I just remember, you know, like this is silly, but pumpkin competitions, agricultural shows, um, and so just like trying to connect to some of these, because these are seasonal. This is this is us as humans celebrating the, the cycles of the earth, just tuning in to what's happening locally, seasonally, what's happening in your community. These are ways that actually we're really connecting with this grounded Sent, um, which this grounded connection which the earth brings to us and helps us to anchor and feel connected and belong and that sense of belonging. I agree. I think starting with food is a really, really important way. And also, as you say, with what are simple ways that I can remind myself in my daily existence that I'm part of this larger natural world on planet Earth. If people want to then go a couple of steps beyond that, what are some practices that you most like to offer? I've noticed plants that speak and souls that sing offers a number of practices for connecting to plants, for grounding. So I'm curious, as you continue your work, you continue to work with clients, what are a couple of practices that you see being very supportive for people who want to connect to plants, to the earth at a next level? I am super creative when it comes to this. And I think I could speak for a year on, and I'm, I'm, I think this might have to be one of my next books is just all about, you know, how we can be inspired to connect with nature. But one of the key things is taking a walk in nature. And I know that sounds completely ridiculous, but taking, I call it like an intuitive nature walk, a walk where we are really in our hearts we're not on the mobile phone. Like a lot of the time, so let's let's talk about this walk in nature as opposed to just normally what happens is we go outside to take a walk, to clear our heads, to get out of the vacuuming or whatever it is that we're 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 escaping from. We kind of escape from that that life and we walk outside. But normally what happen, what often happens to us is we're so in this headspace, we're worrying, we're making lists. 
we're thinking about the things we need to do. We're oftentimes got the earbuds in because we're listening to a podcast or we're catching up and um, on messages. We might even be on the phone. We might even be um, actually like texting and so on. Okay, so that is not a walk in nature. That is walking outside. That is like an outside version of what you were doing when you were sitting on your couch or at your desk. So really walking outside in nature is leaving the media behind. And what I love to do actually is a little, I love to kind of do a little measure. So I kind of check in, I ask clients to check in with yourself. And actually it's, it's in that book, isn't it? It's about checking in, like, how do I feel physically in my body? And how do I feel emotionally? How do I feel intellectually? You know, what's going on in my mind? And you kind of note those down beforehand before you go out. And if you do the same exercise afterwards, you'll really notice a shift in what's happening for you. But what I love to do is just, just take a walk with, sometimes I walk with a question in my heart. Sometimes I walk specifically kind of as if I'm opening to nature, asking for help and support. Usually my, my connections with nature and what I encourage are prayers of gratitude, love, appreciation and just blessing so walking through nature really opening your senses to this experience being fully present in your body yes but also out in nature and really looking at the forms of the plants and the trees where you are really noticing the way the the temperature touches you the way the sun the, the wind the way the elements are interacting with you, this creature who is walking through this park or down a, down a, um, I love, you know, in the cities when you have these beautiful tree lined avenues, I just, those are just so, they do, those are beautiful. So just to simply take a walk, but really being in nature, being part of nature and in that heart space, it's like, um, it's like a gratitude walk. It's like a love walk because in that heart space, what I'm doing when I'm, when I see those trees or those plants, or even if I'm looking out and I'm seeing a beautiful vista across the sky, you know, sometimes and I, you know, even in the city, you get these skylines and you're just like, wow, something beautiful is happening up there in the sky with the clouds and the way the sun shines through and that's touching you. You're allowing nature to touch your heart. You're allowing it in. And so I love to kind of whisper my, my love. And I'm like, I might think I'm really thinking and feeling as I'm walking in nature. I love you. You are amazing. Because really when we, when we fight, when we connect with that, that element of gratitude, you know, nature is amazing. From tiny, tiny seeds, these huge, ginormous trees will grow that will be homes to communities of creatures and will give life to so much in, you know, in a tiny, tiny ecosystem and as part of our larger ecosystem. So nature is amazing. And so that kind of walk of gratitude can give you so much and it really, really can shift your perspective. So yes, otherwise a practice of, of gratitude um, is, you know, um, a, a beautiful practice, which I know many people who work in nature connection will be familiar with, but also 
the breath i love and again this again works with um with gratitude too if there's a particular plant that i feel drawn to or a lovely tree you know just to sometimes the pleasure in sitting under a tree with your back against the tree or with a plant that smells so fragrant or that just looks so so beautiful or sometimes you come across a tree that you just want to touch it just looks so intriguing the bark the way the leaves are forming and sitting um, with a tree and sharing a breath and, and moving into that space of awareness that, you know, when I breathe as a human, I'm breathing in this air, which is made possible for me really by the, by the, the by, you know, these complex processes in the, in the plants that are producing oxygen for me to breathe. And when I breathe out, I'm breathing out carbon dioxide, which it just so happens is useful for a plant to help it with all its complex processes. So just sharing a breath like that can be a lovely meditation. And again, we can do it walking. We don't have to always be, you know, seated with a plant and still. So if you find you need to walk, if you find that you get more from sort of moving your body and being in your body in that way, that's easier sometimes. And still when we, when we walk, we can you know, we're breathing in and we're breathing out. And this, and we're just recognizing that we're in that relationship with the natural world. And that helps to really engender that connection that we all have with the, you know, the living world of which we're just like, we're just one organism that's got a little bit out of control. <laughs> yes, I love that. Beautiful practices, gratitude, wherever you are, urban, suburban, or rural and sharing your breath with the plants who are around you. Really, really nice, thank you. Tell us about plant spirit Reiki. I know that it is a type of Reiki that you have developed and practiced. It's also the title of your second book and I would love to hear about that. Yeah, thank you. So yeah, I'll, I'll just talk briefly about it. I, so I've been a Reiki practitioner for 20 years now. And when we were running the farm, which was what inspired me to write Plants That Speak, Souls That Sing, which um, you've sh you showed everyone earlier, I was, doing, I was giving Reiki to, as you do, you know, to my clients at the farm. And what I, I just, I, there was just this shift. I was feeling obviously connected to the plants and I just had this sense in my heart that they wanted somehow to be part of the Reiki process. And I'm, you know, and then the human brain goes, well, how can that be? You know, blah, blah, blah. I'm not going to be giving out herbal medicines to people, you know, blah, blah. You know, and, and that, so I, you know, I had to put the brain, you know, to say, okay, quieten down. Let's just stay with the feeling space. And what I noticed, I got myself into this process of, going for a walk before a client around the farm before a client would come. And in this process, I, I felt really drawn to certain plants and it would be like, do you want to be in the treatment space somehow? And that's how it, that's how it started. And so what I, I, it started really with me bringing in say a vase of flowers that just so happened to have a few elements from plants, like a sprig of pine or some rosemary or something that I felt really needed to be present in the treatment. And it grew from there because when you have, often when you have a plant in a space 
or a vase of flowers. And this is, this is anyone listening who is a therapist, whether you're a massage therapist, a counselor, a psychotherapist, whatever you do, even a teacher, add a vase of flowers or a plant into a space. And suddenly, for me, it just became this focal point. It became something that really drew in the, the clients. And, and then all of a sudden, stories would emerge as clients would then start to explain a story where this plant seemed to be involved. And it, it brought about another level of healing. Some of, the, some of these were incredibly emotional um, examples of grief or things which have happened in childhood that just having this plant in the space seemed to kind of trigger or draw out. Um, and the Reiki being a very nurturing, you know, energy therapy held that, you know, it was like they were bridging each other and it was beautiful. And so this is why I thought, you know what, I think, I think, I think I'm going to go with this now. But also what I've realized in my practice is because I've been practicing Reiki for, for yes, it's 20 years this year. You know, it comes through in, in so much that I do, in like everything that I do. So actually what I realized is that when I'm with plants and I'm in this heart space and I'm getting into coherence with the energy field of a plant and my energy field, I'm actually also like Reiki. I am Reiki. We are Reiki. It comes through us as practitioners. And so it felt to me a little bit like, I was being, I wasn't really being the authentic expression of myself unless I really was kind of in the Reiki space with the plants and with all my shamanic practices too. So it was kind of like, I felt a real, really real need to, you know, embrace everything and say, this is, this is everything that, that happens. It's not just a shamanic thing. It's not just a, a breath work thing. It's actually Reiki is there as well. This, this energy healing therapy from Japan. If, people need a, an official explanation of Reiki. Um, and so this is how it worked out. And, uh, and so I just really, it's about bringing in the elements of nature, combining it with Reiki. And my vision for this is to help practitioners combine their Reiki practices, their energy healing practices with the elements of nature in whichever way they're called. So there'll be some people who work with flower essences, some people who are herbalists and work with, you know, herbal medicine products um, and aromatherapists, obviously working with the beautiful scent of plants because these plants, they, they help us on so many levels. And actually it's, it's just a really simple kind of intuitive way to help clients feel guided by nodding them in the right direction, by giving them a display of plants and, and waiting for a story, seeing what the plant is able to to connect with and draw out. And now where I am here in Scotland, we have a beautiful garden here. And it's my vision too, to be walking, walking actually with a client in the garden and saying, you know, where, where, what, what calls to you? Let's sit here for a while. Let's bring this, this plant with us. Because sometimes the clients want the plants, they want to hold the plant. They want them on their body. And other times there'll be a complete, oh, I don't know, anything, anything. And then at the end of the treatment, there is this kind of opening and there's a story. Um, so it's a very beautiful process. And yeah, like I said, it felt really like a way of expressing more. It, was, it felt more whole for me to be uh, combining Reiki with this plant work. 
I just want to clarify this because I think when people think of plant Reiki, they think of you healing plants, like giving Reiki to a plant. So Reiki is a healing modality, so an energy healing modality. So oftentimes we're using Reiki to bring humans and animals into balance. But when we work with plants in plant spirit Reiki, yes, one aspect of it is we can bring healing to our beautiful house plants and we can bring the healing energy to plants that we're sowing in our garden or, you know, if we, if we're growing vegetables, you know, and so on. But that's kind of like one of the aspects. And I work with three aspects. So the other aspect I work with, I've just, I've just explained to you, we, we bring the, the, the plants into the treatment space and we, we kind of asking for that healing for the clients and also we're, so we've got giving back to the plants, we've got giving to our clients, but also the other aspect is working on, on a self-practice level is really, um, it's a really a personal way of connecting with the plants and, and asking sort of, it's almost like a healing exchange with the natural world is how I view it really. Breathing with plants, asking plants to help us on our healing journey. So there's different aspects to it. It's not just, oh, I'll put my hands on a plant and it's going to be healthy. It's a lot more to it than that. It's a beautiful explanation, Faye. And I think what I most loved and found most inspiring as you were talking is the way in which plant spirit Reiki is creating, well, it's not creating, it's recognizing the integration that already exists between us and the plants or that you know is meant to exist it's very funny that we've spent such a long time as human beings thinking of ourselves as sort of alone on the planet in that only humans are like humans and everything else is different we've lived in this kind of false independence of course, we're recognizing that interdependence is really the actual story of life on this planet and that if we want human life on this planet to continue, we have to learn to regenerate and reenact that story of interdependence. And so I just particularly loved, as you talked about plant spirit Reiki, that it sounds like a microcosm of deeply recognizing and participating in interdependence in a way that is certainly beneficial for humans and very likely for plants as well and for the relationship. Yeah, that's a lovely way of looking at it. Thank you for bringing bringing that forwards. Yeah. And I think also when we work as as in the capacity of healers, whether you know you're a therapist or a massage therapist, a herbalist, we we kind of learn to look holistically I think to look really with those loving eyes we can't take a person's symptoms or illness or malady you know we we have to have that in context with their family their relationships their community and what's going on everything you know it's all connected it's through healing path that's the gold in the healing path is really viewing everything through that lens of nothing's separate it doesn't nothing's happening by itself 
you know, like with the COVID pandemic, for example, that doesn't just happen by itself. It's all interconnected, and we're, and we're feeling that, you know, we've been feeling that. We've been feeling that ripple out, haven't we? And we're gonna be feeling that for a long time, the ripples of connection, that everything, that spiral through everything. Um, yes, it's very, it's very deep. When, it, when the light comes on, when, when that heart opens and we, we kind of go, ah, when we realize that connectedness with the natural world, it's, you know, I think I said, I think it said it in that quote, there's, there's no turning back. You don't just put, you can't just put it in the box again because it's too big and wonderful and beautiful and full of potential to, to, to quieten down. You know, you, you want to feel into those connections and, and feel, you know, and because it helps us, because this is, you know, the, the sort of healing model is wholeness and that template of wholeness including everything feeling everything is is you know is really the that's the kind of gold that's the that's the bit where um we that's the alignment that i think we're, we're really leaning toward i hear you i'm curious when you're doing plant spirit reiki in the winter in scotland are you primarily using tree boughs and you know things that are still available do you ever work with dried plants or with flower essences or the kinds of, you know, sort of preserved plants that, that we can access if they're not growing locally or, or if the weather is cold? Absolutely times a hundred and yes to absolutely everything you've said. And also what I will say, one of the, one of the ways I love to work with plants and I encourage everyone to do it is through prayer. If you've been, if there's a beautiful tree that used to be at your grandmother's house when you were a little girl, that you, that there was a swing attached to it and you have this memory of being under that tree. In fact, funnily enough, just coming to mind now is a tree. It wasn't at my grandmother's house. It was at my parents' house and it was a cherry blossom tree. So I can feel the, the beauty of those blossoms. I can feel the importance of that tree. We buried my two hamsters under that tree. You know, there was a photo of me there when I was crowned the May queen at school. So you see, we form attachments with, with, plants we um or maybe you can remember the first time you were gifted flowers or somebody gave you flowers you know you know these lovely like emotional attachments that we that that plants conjure up for us well that is how we can connect through the essence of the plant the vitality of a plant through our prayers through our memories so uh, i yes to all of those things you said i particularly love i love working with essences i think they're really beautiful i also love I love aromatic plants, actually. So things which some people would think of as kitchen herbs, you know, the rosemaries and mints and sages, oregano and thyme, they, lavender, you know, they just light me up. But yes, in the winter time, it's harder to come by those. So I will have, but pine obviously is, and those lovely, you know, that, that beautiful, the, the fragrant balsams and, and spruce and so on. So yeah, I'm really drawn to aromatics. I feel that they really connect to, to, to my heart and in a, in a very expansive way. So, but I will call plants in through prayer. And it's really, again, whatever words draw you to, to speak, however nature wants to speak, through you, conjure up, think, you know, dream of it in your heart, dream of those memories of those sweet peas that your grandfather used to grow, 
dream of the memories in the summer of biting into fresh, juicy watermelon, you know, when it's in season. Bring, you can bring that vitality into a space through connection with memories and through your, 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 I call them plant prayers. So that's another way, that's another practice which I really love because we know we're all connected and I'm, you know, I'm not this voice, I'm not this body, I'm not this brain. I don't really know what I am, but I know I'm so much more than this. And I know that a tree that I can remember from growing up that I haven't seen for 25 years, maybe, I, that still exists because it exists in my heart. And this is the magic. This is the magic of the world. This is the magic of us. So I, I, you know, I would encourage listeners to invite that in because in the wintertime we can, you know, we can kind of be like, oh, you know, we really can't wait for spring to come. We can't wait for the, for the glory days of summer. And this is why, you know, learning to flow with the seasons and cycles can really help us. When I was younger, and I used to be such a summer girl. I used to just really want summer all the time. Happy memories of summer, you know, and, and sunshine, sun on my skin, you know, happy days. And I didn't really, I, I used to get very de- depressed, you know, when it would come to the, the, the autumn days, the nights getting very long, days getting short. Daylight seemed like the elixir, you know, that we didn't have. And But now... As I've got older and I've just lent into that time as a time of rest, as a time for rejuvenation, as a time to actually kind of embrace and shift gears, I think when we look at it differently, it's easier. If we're looking at something through the same lens the whole time, we struggle and we, it creates conflict for us. So just shifting and leaning into it and relishing those, those winter days where things are crisp and dry or you know there's snow outside or whatever is happening and I think also I love to bring that nature into the space um, whether it's the plant spirit reiki space or whether it's um you know bringing something into your home it's again go on a walk in nature and in your heart asking asking for a gift from nature and seeing what your eyes and ears will perceive as you as you take your walk and, you, and again you'll be pleasantly surprised these little gifts, you know, from nature, whether it's a leaf, whether it's um, some bark that just peels off and it just looks like a shining, shining color against the sky, you know, looking for those small things um, as well, the beauty, beauty in those details and those small moments. Beautiful. So I'd like to ask you, as we move toward the end of our conversation, First off, in general, is there anything else you'd like to share with us? And then more specifically, I always conclude these interviews by asking the person I'm speaking with, what is your vision of life on a healed and regenerated planet in a time, hopefully in the near future, when human well-being is doing much better and the Earth's well-being is doing much better? How do you like to imagine that? So when we were connecting and you sent me some questions, that what stood out for me when you asked about this vision for a healed planet is like, this is, this is so important. I speak about it in my books. I speak about it in my work. Having a vision is just like 
I, I think it is the most important thing, okay? And so it's like when somebody comes to me, you know, I want to, okay, they tell me their story, we, we, we go into what's happening. But what I'm really interested in is the story that they want to create for themselves, the vision that they want for their life. Because if, they, if we ain't holding a vision, then it's not going to happen. It, it happens first in our hearts and our heads, and then we are able to put it into action. So I think it's even, I think it might even be in, I think in Plants That Speak, Souls That Sing, I, I, in the final chapter, I remember I was fascinated by this idea of, us as humans, part of the Earth's dream. And I was thinking, wow, if we if I'm part of Mother Earth's dream as a as a human being living on, on this planet, I was thinking, wow, what, what's going on in her dream? Is she disappointed with how things are turning out? Is she thinking, oh, I knew that that's this is what's gonna happen? And I really wanted to know what's what you know, I think many of us now like thinking, what what's my role here? What am I doing here? How can I help this earth? How can we all get together? Or, or how can I get together with like-minded people and, and do something meaningful? And in the, I know in my second book, Plant Spirit Reiki, it is one of the exercises is to get people, readers to really think about what's your vision for the earth? You know, what earth do you want to be living on what earth do you want to be leaving to your um descendants and i actually really encourage people to be very very creative okay like you want a world where where it's like jurassic park and we've brought back dinosaurs well create that vision for yourself get it down on paper i i love vision boards i work creatively with kind of vision boards and plants and sort of three-dimensional things rather than just a kind of flat fit thing with pictures on but i really encourage people to journal and what does it look like what does that vision for the earth look like and feel like because i feel it's a it's it's a it's such a privilege for us to live here on this amazing beautiful planet i i feel super privileged to be alive at this moment in history and i have a, i have such a strong faith actually in humanity i know I know we can tell ourselves a story about how much destruction we are carrying and all this stuff that we do. But the story I tell myself, the vision I hold is that we are amazing, creative, imaginative, compassionate and loving, magical people. And yeah, we created a mess and we're sure as hell going to fix it. And it's going to be amazing. You know, all that stuff we thought up that ruined the environment. Well, you know what? We're super creative and we're going to think of stuff that's going to fix it and going to make it better than ever. And I just feel that if we can hold magical visions like this, then we can actually start to put things in, in process that can change the course of our story and our history. Yes, I see that in exactly the same way. I think it's incredibly important right now to emphasize that um, people too easily connect to the despair story or focus on the mistakes or the reasons for hopelessness. And I, I've come to believe so strongly that takes us nowhere, but it's absolutely within our reach to have the heart-based, loving, hopeful vision of what we desire, which I think for everyone 
who takes any time to attune to it is a desire for humans to be flourishing on a, pl a planet where animals and plants and all of Earth's systems are flourishing and we've maybe attained the most wonderful interdependence that has ever existed here. That sounds beautiful. Thank you so much, Faye. It's been delightful to be in conversation with you. I have tremendous respect for your work and I do recommend Plants That Speak and Souls That Sing to our listeners because I think you provide a lot of guidance that is quite attainable for anyone wherever they are living. A lot of guidance for making these connections to the natural world and particularly to plants. And so thank you for the book and thank you for being here with us today. Oh, it's been my pleasure. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Humans and Earth. Please share this episode to broaden engagement in the regeneration our world needs. You'll find social media links in the show notes. To explore our other offerings, visit www.humansandearth.com. Have you read Humans and Earth's ebook on informed optimism? It's called A Guide to Informed Optimism Things to Know and Explore to Feel Hopeful About the Human Future with Earth. It's time to be aware that although our problems are serious, healing solutions are already in place. If you hear only the bad news, you might feel hopeless. But once you realize that all around the planet, people are changing the human presence from damaging to restorative, you can feel inspired instead. This is informed optimism. Being alert to the need for Earth's restoration and becoming excited about how much progress we're already making while discovering how you can participate. Explore a guide to informed optimism things to know and explore to feel hopeful about the human future with Earth, to learn about eight global movements that are restoring the human-Earth relationship, regenerating Earth's systems, and creating jobs and well-being for people. Eight initiatives with the potential to create enormous healing for people and planet. Regenerative food production, renewable energy, renewable and regenerative manufacturing, regenerative land care, natural wellness approaches, communication with Earth's beings, and more. Informed optimism inquiry questions throughout the ebook help you consider how you feel as you learn about restorative solutions, how you would like to see them advance, and how you are attracted to participate. Find informed optimism at www.humansandearth.com slash courses. It's only $7.